The views expressed in the podcast you are about to listen to are the opinions of the presenter and the cast. None of us are official representatives of the companies we work for, and we are in no way responsible for what we say. If you are offended or otherwise afflicted by these opinions, please push the unsubscribe button in iTunes and go do something else. Welcome to Animation Conversation Weekly for August 19th, 2009. I'm Alan Dahl My name is Morten Örvalli. And we will be guiding you through this show. Today on ACP we have even more animation news for you. And Jakob is standing by with another book And finally, there is the IMDb Top 50 Animated Feature Review, where we take a closer look at Interstellar 5555. And the five, yeah, and the four fives are actually S's, and they stand for uh, the story of the secret star system. Don't ask. Uh, all right, and here's uh, this week's animation conversation news. Over at GameTrailers.com, there's a new trailer for the upcoming StarCraft Two. Which is, uh, to be fair, it's really, really impressive. It's done by uh, Blizzard, of course, and their cinematics are always uh, outstanding. Uh, Alan, did you have a chance to see this one? Yeah, uh, this is kind of fun because it's been quite a while since uh, they did those sort of trailers. Of course, they probably do them for World of Warcraft, but unless you're playing World of Warcraft, you won't actually see those uh, trailers. But this is uh, this is um, this is kind of a nostalgic uh, thing just looking at those uh, amazing uh, trailers they make. But uh, the the one character, the one that's doing all the fighting, is is that a new character class? I, I, it's such a long time since I played the, the first game. Um, I, I was actually not that into uh, that game because I think I was in the military or something when it came out. So I didn't actually play it. And I and I started playing it when everyone else stopped playing it. Uh, so I, I've only played it a, a two or three times. And I think it's like three or four classes. I can't quite remember. Am I right? Um, I don't know. I, I don't remember anymore. It's, it's, ten year, it's over 10 years ago, I think, since it came down. Yeah, I think it's like 97, 98, something like that. It was amazing when it first came out. It was, uh, it was like the first really good game after Red Alert. And uh, what's the first game? Uh, June, Dune? June 2 was Dune great. 2, yeah. I played Dune 2 a lot. <laughs> but, I mean, the animation is really cool. And uh, the scope of the trailer, as always with Blizzard cinematics, they're always grand and epic. Um, yeah, they put a lot of money into this. Uh, I wouldn't mind working for the Blizzard Cinematics Department, to be honest. Um, no. <laughs> but uh, we'll post a link to the trailer. It's really well worth checking out and definitely recommended. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking forward to try out the game, too. Do you know what the release is? It's, it's just got postponed to next year, right? Um, yeah, I think it's sometime in 2010. I don't know. 
So moving on at uh, Cartoon Brew, uh, they report that uh, Virginia Davis of the Walt Disney Alice comedies passed away. Um, I, I think it was this this weekend, the fifteenth. Um, did you ever see one of those uh, Alice comedies? It's on YouTube. Every one of them, I think. It's this. These are the ones where they combine real life with a, the Alice Girl in an animated world, right? It's like Roger Rabbit, only the other way around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we saw a few of them at we saw a few of them at school. I remember, uh, but I haven't hmm. really been checking them out since, to be honest. Yeah, she was really Disney's uh, first super mega star. She was probably about uh, seven, eight years. I don't know when this happened in 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 uh, twenty three, nineteen twenty three. So this is early in Disney's Walt Disney's so, career. You mean the original? She's like the original Miley Cyrus, <laughs> Hannah Montana. She kind of is. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, this isn't exactly news because it's been out for a while, but uh, we thought it tied really nicely in with our um, movie review this week. Daft Punk are to be scoring the original music for the new Tron movie, Tron 2.0. I'm not sure what it's called. I think it's 2.0. Which will be out in 2011, I think. And um, we're looking forward to this movie. I, it's such a long time since I saw the first one. It really made a huge impression. The, the CG animated parts made a huge impression. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I don't know about this one. I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not... I mean, it has to be insane to have the same kind of impact as the previous one. And, um, but I'm kind of excited to see what kind of movie they make this into. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer yet? No. The trailer looks really good, actually. And uh... They kind of they they adapted the old style and made it uh, more modern, but it's it's still that kind of uh, strange yeah, the, the faces on the masks the and, and yeah, but I mean it, just how the how the characters look because they were they uh, you the the faces looked like they were kind of uh, glued on the the characters somewhat because of the technique they used. And um, they uh, they adapted a lot of the styles that that was in the original movie, and they in the trailer you can you can see the original uh, sequence when they're uh, driving uh, with the bikes, the wow. the famous sequence just yeah. remade in a kind in a kind of the, the new style. The, the there was a like a bootleg version of a, a clip shown at Comic Con last year. And that's been on YouTube because so um, I've looked at that a couple of times and it looked great then and it looks even better now that you can see it in HD and it's going to be really nice, I think. Cool. I know Disney did the previous one and they're also doing this one. Yeah, that would make sense. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But uh, you should definitely, by the way, get the original and get the special edition with the, the... the the two DVD uh, disc uh, set where you can uh, watch there there's several hours of uh, extra mater- material about uh, the making of the movie and that's quite interesting this this movie was in it, it's just insanely expensive to make and they had to they there was like uh, uh, they had to cut out each figure and each uh, the glow was what was a separate layer. And the ice was a separate layer. There was sometimes sixteen layers of animation on top of each other, of film. But these these behind the scenes, they're good ones. They're not just the cheesy um, 
20 minute long ones and there's like half uh, 30 seconds of no, no this is this is really great stuff and uh, interviews with all the original cast and the guys that made it and the, the guys at lucas arts that uh, did the the 3d and you know really how, good stuff how long ago was it since you saw the original tron um two months maybe and does it still hold up in a weird kind of way, it does. The story isn't that bad, but that's that's actually quite interesting. How are they going to do the? Um, how, how are they going to uh, make that story work in today's uh, computer world? Because that's all based on uh, arcade machines, and he's he's uh, they're inside an arcade machine. But no, no, no one today knows what an arcade machine is. <laughs> if you're 18 years old, you know. You just made me feel really old. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, is it is Tron Two going to be a prequel? I have no idea. Okay, that's my big question. Mm. Um, also, on Cartoon Brew this uh, week, there uh, there is a news that uh, both uh, John uh, Chris Lucci and Bill Plimpton have announced they're uh, doing some um, schooling of animators. And if you know those two guys, uh, you probably want to be in those classes. Or it's not actually classes. It's uh, John John K is doing um, something he calls the Cartoon uh, College, which is a free invite only uh, private blog where he he uh, he's going to spend time and uh, give tips to people sending in stuff and something like that. Do you know Do you know if this is outside the the blog that he has? Yeah, it it is. It's an invite only. So he's not going to stop doing the blog that he's doing already. No, 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 no. But the reason he's doing this is that he's trying to recruit people to do his movies all the time. Uh, if you if you read his blog, you probably know this. He rec- recruits a lot of people for his movies in yeah. uh, in that blog, and um, th- this is his way of trying to educate people in in doing good movies in a short amount of time at a really low budget because that's that possible because that's re- reality today <laughs> even for a guy like him you know that's insane yeah uh and uh, bill plimpton is it's also starting with with classes and this is a real world cl- class he's um uh so you, have to, you have to fly to new york to do these classes yeah this is going to be at his studio actually um he's starting september 16th and um it's going to be uh, 14 weeks of uh, classes uh, every uh, Wednesday. Yeah, for uh, yeah, 14 weeks. What kind of what kind of classes are we talking about? This I guess this is uh, drawing and storyboarding, writing, directing, so does <laughs> animating. Say what the qualifications are and how much it costs? Um it's going to cost you 1000 bucks. For per person and it's limited to 15 students so if you're if you're interested in attending this class and if you're close to uh, manhattan you can uh, send an email to uh, the studio and it's two hours every time that sounds pretty cool yeah i wish i didn't live here exactly (laughs) cool all right i think it's time to wrap up the news and uh, i think yaprak is ready with a book review give it to us yaprak Hello everybody, this is Yaprak Morale for your weekly book review corner. This week I would like to talk about a book that I love. It's called Before the Animation Begins, The Art and Lives of Disney Inspirational Sketch Artists by John Canmaker. The author is uh, an animation historian and uh, also an animator, I think. His uh, website is uh, johncanmaker.com 
and he wrote wonderful books and, and I can av advise every one of them. I think each of them are treasures and we have to have them as uh, animators and artists. One is uh, Winston McKay's book and the other one is uh, Art and Flair of Mary Blair, which I hopefully will talk about in the near future. Walt Disney's Nine Old Men and the Art of Animation. Before the animation begins is a book about uh, some inspirational sketch artists in Walt Disney Company. And uh, I think the oldest one goes up to the 30s. It's uh, a genius book, which uh, get, well, I think it was p first published in 1996 and, uh, or 98, I have to check. And uh, at the time of its publication, it was uh, the first book ever to write incredibly rare details about uh, these artists, which some of them were not known very much in the world. In it, you have fantastic um, sketches from uh, various Disney movies, inspirational sketches and pre-production sketches. And you have uh, incredible details about the lives of these artists, which uh, you cannot find anywhere else. It is divided in uh, five sections about early inspirations at Disney, the golden age, women inspirations, and it uh, presents us the lives of uh, 12 of Disney's wonderful story artists. Not, sh not long, each of them are quite a few pages long, but uh, with wonderful details and beautiful explanations and beautiful art samples. And especially a lot of information about their relationship with Walt Disney and the company. And although it is not good, it is so openly written, I was very amazed when I read it. So just to see a few examples, it's, uh, it talks about Bianca Majoli, who, who was the first uh, woman to enter in the story department of Disney, which was mainly ruled by men. Women were in the in-campaign department. And it talks about her struggles. It shows a lot of her wonderful uh, drawings. Then it has a beautiful section, quite long, about Mary Blair, which I think is the most wonderful color stylist that Disney ever had. And uh, Walt Disney himself was uh, quite in love with her style, and he, he tried his best to use it as much as he could. And so you have, of course, wonderful examples of her work for her um, um, color keys for uh, Cinderella, from uh, Three Caballeros, from different times. But also you have the whole story of her life, because you know her husband was also in the Disney company, and he was not as successful as she was. And there was big struggle between them, and there was alcohol problems, and everything led for her to become at the end a bit senile. And uh, you have even examples of that period of her life when she was a bit insane. It's fabulous. Then you have a lovely section about uh, Irvin Earl, who maybe you know most for his um, background paintings and uh, color keys and uh, his touch in uh, the character designs for Sleeping Beauty. He has a very distinguished style. And um, when, when you read about his uh, life when he was a child, he had a crazy father who actually, after the divorce with his mother, kidnapped him and took him to Mexico and forced him to draw one drawing a day or something like that. Uh, during the depression, he uh, needed work, so he started drawing cards, greeting cards, and uh, he drew a lot of them. And that's how he drew the attention of Walt Disney, who hired him immediately. And uh, he brought this uh, very distinct style in the studio and progressively became a background supervisor, a color key artist, maybe color key supervisor. I have to check that. I'm not sure, but I think I read that. I would like to read a quote from Walt Disney that is on page 160. He says, 
For years and years, I have been hiring artists like Mary Blair to design the style of a feature, and by the time the picture is finished, there is hardly a trace of the original styling left. This time, Irvin Earl is styling Sleeping Beauty, and that's the way it's going to be. Because apparently many of the artists and the layout people and the animators were uh, very much against his style. They, they thought it was very cold and they were all used to Mary Blair's round and cute and nice style for feature films. So it was a big struggle. But he had Disney's full support. But uh, everybody disliked him and apparently he was a very hard man and very um, unpolite sometimes. So after the feature was finished, he uh, kind of did some other work, but then he left because uh, his style didn't fit every single Disney movie. And in the book, you will see wonderful backgrounds from uh, Sleeping Beauty, some of his color keys for uh, Lady and the Tramp. And there's a section, a page that I think is wonderful, is that he, it's actually something used in the studio to teach other people how to draw trees for uh, Sleeping Beauty with layers. It's, uh, it's very pretty to see. And, you know, he is the one who did these uh, square-looking trees in the background of Sleeping Beauty. And uh, I would also like to talk about the part of uh, Ken Anderson. He was a layout supervisor, art director, animator at Disney. He, um, he did... Uh, maybe you remember his style? He has been always... He says that he has been inspired by Ronald Searle, a great uh, English illustrator. And you can see it because he has no color um, domination like Mary Blair does. He does sketches with his um, ink or whatever he uses. And he, he, he was an architect primarily. So first Disney hired him to animate some uh, backgrounds. And he did that very well because of his architectural skills. And then he uh, did all these uh, layouts for uh, Sword in the Stone and Jungle Book. And, and he has a very distinctive style. And he, he helped Mary Blair to do the Three Caballeros, or they did it together, he didn't help. He was also doing color keys at one point. He also did character designs for uh, Madame Medusa, for the rescuers. And, uh, of course, for 101 Dalmatians. And 101 Dalmatians was actually his big success, but also a tragic event. Uh, like, uh, well, Disney didn't know if he was going to do another feature film because uh, he was broke and, he, and uh, Sleeping Beauty did not bring him enough money. They went quite um, under budget for it. And so what uh, Ken Anderson proposed was that uh, they should cut off the ink department and that would uh, quite save a lot of money. So instead of having all bunches of people coloring with ink over the black drawing of the animators, or on another cell, of course, but re-going over that black line, they decided uh, to Xerox all the animation on cells and then paint over them. And uh, Ken Anderson especially wanted this so that uh, the backgrounds would be the same, because he drew all these wonderful backgrounds, and he wanted unity between the uh, backgrounds and the animation. And he managed this. And uh, 101 Dalmatians was a huge success, and it, was, it didn't require much money, so it was brilliant stuff. But what turns out to be is that Walt Disney hated it, because he, hates to see, he hated to see black line on the screen, the pencil lines. So uh, he got so upset, but he couldn't say anything because the production was so far ahead. And uh, he got so angry that he didn't speak with uh, Ken Anderson for one year, and uh, took him away from the supervising position. Upon which uh, Ken Anderson was already suffering a lot of depression because of, uh, well, he had to have a lot of people fired when he brought in this uh, Xeroxin idea. And at the end, he had two heart attacks. But, uh, well, after that, until his retirement, he worked at Disney for uh, 
all the other projects, but at the end, when he was really old, he was only a consultant. And uh, then he died in 93 of a heart attack. And his section in the book is uh, filled up with wonderful sketches from uh, most of the projects he worked on, and character designs and layouts, and uh, of course, plenty of examples from 101 Dalmatians. So these are a few of the people I wanted to talk about, but uh, there are 12 of them in this book, and each of them have fantastic uh, stories and fantastic uh, art samples. And I find it fascinating that most of these guys started their career as being extremely poor. They, like Ken Anderson, he ran away from home and he was uh, fishing frogs in the lake, and that's what he was living on. Another guy was um, was. Um, cleaning the doors of a cinema to be able to find ways to get in. Everybody had these extremely poor lifestyles at the beginning. And then somehow a break happened and they, they, saw, they saw that door and they went in. And then from there on, they developed as artists and uh, had a nice life. So that's it for this week. I wanted to talk to you about uh, Before the Animation Begins, a wonderful book which I would recommend to whomever is interested in pre-production work in wonderful sketches and character designs, and uh, see how they ended up going on the big screen. Have a lovely week, and bye-bye. Uh, Thank you, Japrak. And now let's move on to our IMDb uh, Top 50 Movies. This is kind of our last week within the, with this project, because um, I think... Yeah, because we, we <laughs> sort of figured out that uh, this isn't working out. There's there's a couple of problems with our concept. And and the one thing is that there's a lot of movies that shouldn't be on that list. They're exactly. <laughs> there's so many anime, or sorry, uh, yeah, so many anime movies that are... Yeah, we're not saying that all anime movies are bad, bad but... Um, some of them are... Oh. Yeah. And... <laughs> uh, and uh, also, it seems like that list is um, not based on the all-time scores. It's based on uh, how they were newly rated somehow. I, it's like uh, Up is at the top of the list right now, and that doesn't really make sense, although I haven't seen it. But, I, you know, it moves at, uh, till the top of the list in, in uh, just a few weeks, and that doesn't make sense. So, I don't know. But I think our new idea is pretty good. At least for us, it's good. Yes, uh, our idea is pretty simple. Let's just <laughs> let's just pick one movie each week and review it. Uh, one movie we haven't seen, preferably. And that we want to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, it's gonna be be this big list at the end with uh, all our all the movies we see. But that's for next week. This week we're rounding up our IMDb top fifty list. Uh, this week we were watching uh, Interstellar 5555, the secret of the interstellar, secret interstellar galaxy something something. Uh, it was directed by, what's his name? Kazuhisa Tekanuchi. And it's written by uh, the two guys that are in Daft Punk, Thomas Banjalter, uh, I don't know how you pronounce that, or, and, and also by uh, Guy Manuel de Humem Cristo. These are the two guys from Daft Punk, and then there's a third guy called Cedric Talbert.
recap of the, of the story. Um, just thing. give me the recap of that story. <laughs> but you saw the whole movie, right? You didn't fall yeah. asleep this time. No, I I had to take a, a, a one another uh, yet, uh, yet another one of those uh, famous pauses I always do. <laughs> this time after after half an hour, <laughs> but I, I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's basically it's this uh, music executive in space that kidnaps this alien band, this blue skinned alien techno funk uh, rock band. And brings them to Earth, where he shows them off as uh, this new fantastic music band that everyone loves. And um, when he turns them into humans, he also brainwashes them, so they kind of have no control over themselves, except that they can play music. And a friend of them comes to Earth and rescues them, sacrificing himself in the process. And uh, they escape back into space and live happily ever after. Yeah. <laughs> so, good, good stuff. Kind of the short version. But yeah. We should just quickly say that it's it's based off the uh, Daft Punk album Discovery, and it's basically uh, all the songs from the album uh, as music videos shown back to back. That's the the premise. So that that's what this movie is. So Alan, uh, you had your pause. Uh, <laughs> any particular reason for this? <laughs> well. Uh, I wouldn't say it bored the crap out of me, but it was pretty boring. And I I really liked the songs, because I was really into this album when it first came out. Uh, and you would think that someone who loved the songs would love uh, the videos and the, this this uh, tribute or whatever that is. Um, but it's just, it's just music videos, and I, I wasn't too engaged in the story, and... Uh, uh, yeah, but we should also mention there's no dialogue in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some sound effects in between some of the songs, but what it is, however, however, there, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad animation in this movie. Well, yeah, I, I, but I mean, it's the design. <laughs> really bad. The design. Well, it's kind of in the. Not saying that anime is bad, but it's it's in the it's based on. Okay, so just to backtrack a little bit, it's based on uh, the guy who's responsible for the animation or the, the, the visuals is a Japanese guy called Le- Leiji Matsumoto. And uh, he's responsible for a TV show called Space Captain Herlock from the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. which basically has, it's the same character design, it's the same design, visual style as Interstellar 5555. Only that Interstellar, the Daft Punk one, is revamped. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of an homage, I think, to the era, uh, probably when the Daft Punk guys grew up. Um, uh. Or what they were into when they were growing up. Uh, so, and I really like the design. I think it, it looks cool. It's just that when it moves, it, it's kind of off-putting at times. <laughs> uh, I think it, like, as a music video, it's really it's fun to watch. And uh, I'm also a big fan of the music. Uh, but it just after like 10, 15 minutes, you just kind of it does it. It's not enough to carry itself as an interesting story. It just becomes too simple. Yeah, and did you think it it added anything to the music in any way? Not really. Uh, it it just it basically ends up not being very engaging. Um, it's it's the one thing that's interesting is that it's the movie is actually edited to the music, so. It, it cuts to the beats and the 
the, the different parts of the song. So it's, it's yeah. it has a different uh, a visual feel than a regular movie, but and I think the ideas are cool and it, it's visually interesting. It's also done in uh, the TV format, so it's four three. Mm. Um, but uh, it's just it's it's like I said earlier. I mean, the beginning it's interesting, and then you kind of drift off, and uh, it, it it it's not it does it's not strong enough to stand on its own. I think as a movie, yeah, it's it's really short though, but still, it's it for me it's it was thirty forty minutes too long. Mm. I think it took me about fifteen minutes to t- before I realized that there was supposed to be a story. I thought it was just that they put all these cool <laughs> clips together, and no, it, it, there's a reason behind it. Yeah, but <laughs> and and another thing that put me off was the lip sync because the lip sync was always really off. But I, I guess you're saying that was on purpose. Well, at least I mean it's it's it has that TV animation feel from the late seventies, eighties, early eighties, and. Um, I know that a lot of uh, French animators are inspired by a lot of those series because they were they were very popular on uh, French uh, TV at the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that you know, uh, well, I've heard that uh, since anime is such a big thing in, in French TV, that kind of, or for a lot of like you say, French animators growing up, that's one of the reasons a lot of the the visual styles that you see in French animated. Yeah. Like Shagma. Now and it's very it has that anime vibe feel to it. Yeah, but it, I, I was reading up on uh, a little bit up on, on uh, Interstellar um, five 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 five, um, and then on Rotten Tomatoes it says it got an eighty three percent score, which is it's pretty high. So that uh, at least reading from the comments on the YouTube uh, video uh, that there's a lot of people that absolutely adore this movie, and I'm not one of them, but that doesn't mean. Other people might like it, and it's. I, I'm sure it's a certain kind of thing that if you like anime yeah, or, I mean, you know, it's, it's it's interesting to watch for fifteen twenty minutes, and then uh, yeah, uh, if I were you, I'd do something else mm. after those twenty minutes. But um, like you said, I know people that like this movie a lot. Yeah. So. And there there was a couple of times when I was kind of getting into the music, and especially uh, there was a couple of scenes that didn't have any character animation. And I like those scenes, just uh, just the <laughs> animated um, machinery and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. But the the, char- the character animation is just it's just beyond anything I want to <laughs> lay my eyes on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's that's uh, fair enough. You rate this movie on your list? I would uh, actually. I think this one goes all the way to the bottom, just because it's not as interesting a story. I mean, I even like Vampire Hunter D more than this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, this one goes to the unfortunately. Yeah, I'm with you. This was just a terrible movie. Um, I'm not gonna watch it again. And you know, I, I, I my my time is more precious than. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> But uh, next week we're going to watch uh, Black Cauldron. I've never had the chance to see this movie, and now finally I do, and I'm really looking forward to it. Might be cool. I'm afraid I'm going to be disappointed, but uh, some people says it's underrated. But it was made in uh, in a very uh, just stressful time at uh, Disney, so fingers crossed. Exactly. Well, I guess the only thing left is to round up this week's ACP. Thank you to Yaprak for helping us out. 
And we'll be back, of course, next week with more news and animation-related stuff. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. That's twiwitr.com slash And please leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is animationconversation, one word. And you will find a link to that on the website. Can they still be the first one? Uh, yes, they can definitely be the first one. <laughs> awesome. You can be the first one. That's something to brag about. We're doing a good job, however, uh, and you want to support us, you can do that by pushing the donate button on our site, and you don't have to speak to anyone or leave a voicemail on anything or anything. Just give us the money. Dough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you can email us at feedback at animationconversation.com for tips. Don't forget to read our show notes where we put all the links related to this show. And our web address is, as always, www.animationconversation.com. That's it for this week's Animation Conversation Weekly Podcast. And until next time, have fun and... Oh, yeah. <laughs>